me, 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 but also you. The Pharaoh fast forwards his favorite foreign film, Powder Donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the name and price tool from Progressive. Oh man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The name your price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose Coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law. Me, 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 but also you. The Pharaoh fast forwards his favorite foreign film, Powder Donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the name your price tool from Progressive. Oh man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The name your price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose Coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law. On this episode of DC On Screen, we are talking about Legends of Tomorrow, Season 4, with an emphasis on the finale. Hey, world, right after this. Me, 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 but also you. The Pharaoh fast forwards his favorite foreign film, Powder Donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the name your price tool from Progressive. Oh, man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The name your price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose Coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law. You think of Earth as a singular planet. In fact, it is anything but. But this is a story not of the universe, but a multiverse. Where universes and planets, such as Earth, were replicated and mirrored across a vibrating, infinite plane. Some barely different from the next. Others drastically so. This is DC On Screen. Every week, Dave and Jason talk about the multiverse of DC properties on film and television. But be warned, if it's been officially released, you can expect they'll spoil it. Welcome into DC On Screen. I'm your host, David C. Robertson. This is my co-host, Jason Goss. Hello. All right, so Legends of Tomorrow. What a weird show, man. Yeah, it's kind of a weird Constantine season two. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. All right, so right out of the gate, I loved the first half of this season, and then the second half really fell apart on me. What did you love in the first half? Constantine, um, the zaniness of the demons, specifically the unicorn. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I liked a lot of what was going on. Like I felt like I think I think it was partially Stuff because with Ava and all that. Ava, she was she was fine. She was fine. Um, I think we got a little more focus on some of the characters um, because they didn't have Nate as much this season, and that was because of personal reasons. Personal uh, reasons, which by the way, they managed to reference in the show without really doing it. Oh, do tell. I didn't catch that. I mean, he... The problem was he, he had a, a problem with... Um, I forget if it's... I forget the time and details, but he had a one of his children, his first children. I'm not sure. He had a child mm-hmm. that was uh, born under less than an ideal circumstances, and he needed to spend some time in the NICU. That's where he wanted to be. Right. Totally get it. Mm-hmm. And in the show, they give him this egg that he gets to kind of mother and um take extra care for 
Yeah, though they didn't do that until after he was pretty much back into every, into every episode. I know, but they, it's, it's like they got to reference it in a meta way. Yeah, which is kind of fun. I kind of liked that, yeah. Yeah, that was an interesting little plot. Um, I loved I loved all the Constantine stuff, though. Well, we knew we were going to like the Constantine stuff. That, I know. That was almost taken for granted, knowing the I tell you but, Like, he literally took over their logo. We, you know we what I was knew this about. was going to be a magical fun season. I liked everything with Nora. Yeah, she was a lot of fun. But I've got like a weird crush on on that actress anyway. Oh, okay. I don't know where that's coming from. But No? I know Brandon Routh has a crush on her. Well, absolutely, because they're married in real life. Correct. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. I don't know what it is. I don't know. I just don't know her from anything. I, I mean, I, I couldn't name you where I saw her before this role now. I, I think I used to know. And it just, oh, I couldn't tell you either. It just slipped in my mind. I've just um, liked her since last year when she showed up on Legends. I don't nice. know her. <laughs> I don't know from anything else. Just one of those under your skin kind of things. Yep. Yeah, I guess yeah. so. I guess so. I get it. They, she had a lot. There was. They did a lot with her this season that was fun. Um, her arc overall, like from when Ray hands her the that time stone last season to to now. Mm-hmm. Also, also her arc last season. Um, they've really done a great job with her character. So yeah. this season, though, getting to see her get all the way to uh, time bureau status, and then um, and what was one of the kind of zanier moments of um misjudgment get into fairy godmother status <laughs> uh-huh and then watching her like i loved the scene specifically where she's like plopping into hell and the last thing you hear her say is like gary you dick it's fucking <laughs> that was great and then she comes back and like the first thing she says is is uh it's like fucking gary what whatever the cw version of fucking gary is yeah i don't know i enjoyed that though I, I enjoyed how much disdain she had for him in that moment. You know what? Let me ask you this. Shoot. The Legends of Tomorrow version of Hell, mm-hmm. did it kind of take away from Constantine for you? Because, mm-hmm. like, I'm thinking, like, they're older than Constantine. I'm thinking, like, that poor girl. Astra's just down there burning in hell. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. And um, then it's like, oh, turns out she was just, you know, hanging out in Dark City. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she was in Gotham. Like I'm pretty sure the Batwoman version of Gotham that we saw in the crossover was worse than the than Hell that they portrayed on Legends of Tomorrow. <laughs> it, yes and no. Like it it was still clear that there were winners and losers here, uh-huh. uh, and that there was this kind of middle ground where someone and I like that there's an idea of a middle ground where someone like Constantine can peddle his wares. You know, mm-hmm. if if you're just in Hell and just being you know tortured by fire sticks up your ass the entire time, you don't have much of a chance to sweet talk your way into a, a better deal also you don't want hell to not be you know grimy so <laughs> you need to fall immediately into a dumpster yeah and then you need there to be peddlers uh, like there would like there would have been in the dante's version stuff the uh mm-hmm. you know the, the peddlers and the and the usurpers and all that there have to be all that um the one thing i didn't like I, on the one hand i liked that they kind of gave astro a wrap-up on this show yeah. That it does tie it in. On the other hand... I agree. It felt like it was going to be a much deeper story before. Uh-huh. And to give it its credit, we had a moment where it was Ray Palmer, somebody I've been watching for four years that I love. Mm-hmm. You know, the golden boy, the boy scout. We want good things to happen for him. Good old haircut. Yeah. Good old haircut. And then it was Satan literally saying, which one do you want, him or the girl you left behind? That's a moment that I felt like would have been justified completely on Constantine at the proper NBC series. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Right? Like there it would have been Chaz or somebody. Yeah. But it that that felt right. Now, to kind of rob me of the, the, the pathos of, oh, my God, the all the stuff that should be happening to Astra, and instead it turns out she just kind of got down there and made it work for her. Uh-huh. It does kind of wrap up the story, but in a way where I'm like, okay, well, fucking Astra's going to make it, so that's one less thing to worry about. Yeah. Well, not as an actress, but, yeah, as a character. <laughs> I didn't have a problem with that. That actress was terrible. <sighs> didn't throw me. Oof. Oh, speaking of people who made me go, ugh. Oh, lovely. How'd you feel about friggin'? <laughs> I, I have to admit, really I really curious. enjoyed it. I, I have to admit, I really enjoyed it, man. They're like, oh, Ray's got to, when we go through that door, Ray's going to be dealing with unspeakable, horrible torture. And they go in, he's like playing Jenga with a Fandle oh, Savage. Yeah, yeah. I shouldn't have known who you were talking about. <laughs> like, I, I literally, watching that scene, I thought, oh, Dave is going to hate this just as much as he hated him before. No, I enjoyed that. What I did hate was that now Astra has unleashed all these souls back back into uh, into the world, and I'm pretty sure Vandal Savage is probably going to be in there. Not necessarily. You don't think so? You didn't see him name-checked? I didn't, no. I, I mean, they had plenty. They had the Hitlers and the Stalins and all that name-checked on those coins. They plenty did. of stuff going on. They there's, a, there, there's an entire season of big bads they can go defeat. And none and, of it's interesting to me. Like, I in no way want to see all these different dudes from these horrible people from different times running around destroying things and the legends having to go through time to try to stop them. Like, that, none of that sounds interesting to me at all. Yeah, I'm not sure they're going to have to go through time or whatever or blah, blah, blah. It, what I will appreciate is if... All right, so I wrote down uh, uh, the names I remembered, and it was Caligula, Stalin, and I think Genghis Khan. I wasn't sure about that one, but I just tried to remember as many of the names I had seen on mm-hmm. coins. Caligula does sound fun, if I'm being honest. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that would be a whole that would be a whole fucking thing. Um, but those are those are three people who actually changed history pretty significantly. And uh-huh. if we got to watch the legends go back and not just kind of stop them. But expand upon that, like all those coins on the table that she had shoving in her pockets. And it may make sense that they're going to do this because they were using the Astra storyline to do it. But if that Mm -hmm. is the rising darkness that they were talking about back in the day, I'd be really happy with that. That's interesting. If that is NBC's Constantine season one big bad, the rising darkness is what Astra lynches upon the world. Mm -hmm. Fucking we got a show. Mayhap. All right. So. Oh, by the way, also Ray. Mm-hmm. Fantastic bad guy. Yeah, he did a good job. I loved him as a bad guy. I liked him as a bad guy in uh, Scott Pilgrim versus the World. Mm-hmm. He was good there too. <laughs> they, the way he defeated him was pointing out all the times he had he he ate meat yeah. or animal byproducts. <laughs> yeah, that that kind of show uh, or that kind of movie was yeah that made perfect sense for that movie. Well, you know, it's directed by your boy. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Oh, I know. I know well. Ed, Edgar Wright, y'all. Mm-hmm. Edgar Wright. Um, Love that little man. <laughs> all right so how did you feel about the zari nate romance i was pretty into it yeah i found myself shipping it pretty hard like i thought it was kind of out of nowhere for a minute um they made it make sense they made it make sense and now i'm super pissed that she ran outside of the temporal zone and now she's not there and it's her stupid brother yeah yeah that's um that's rough that had like a what dream uh, not what dreams it was a uh oh lord Kevin Costner Dean movie. <laughs> what? Field of Dreams. That's what I was thinking. Oh, Field Had of a Field Dreams. of Dreams feel to it. Like once you once he went across that line, he couldn't go back, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Yeah, that was a little weird. I, uh, I, I didn't have any track of whether that actress was coming back either. So I don't know if that was just a, a oh, thing. Or... The, apparently she is coming back, but it'll be in a, in a different role than she has been. Like, pretty much. Like, I don't know if that means that, like... She's going to be Zari. I would. I hope that means she's going to be Zari, but a different version of Zari, and they can they can like move their way back to what was going on. But I I just hate that everyone's memories. I as as we talked about in Supergirl, I hate that shit. I don't like when people they just like erase people's memory, and now we have to work back to what they already were. Yeah. And by the way, a more useless character I could not find than Charlie this season. Oh no, they made use for at the very least with that. Uh... Uh, octopus looking thing they yeah they made well that would think that's her true form but they, they made use of her but my god dude like what a boring character like the most i liked her character and by the way i love this little arc they did um when they went to the uh the convention and she pretended to be the yeah the, with she rory and yeah she pretended to be uh, rebecca silver which i have you know of course we've seen more than three episodes of television in our life we knew that Mick was going to have throw a fit and be like, you're not doing it right. I'm Rebecca Silver. Right. Um, still happy as hell when he did it, though. Like, I love that he actually cares about his fans and that he actually thinks about his oh, writing. Yeah. That was a like, really touching in part of an episode. I enjoyed that a lot. I hate Mona. Oh, I don't. Why? Oh, I hate her. She's just so annoying. Awful character. Uh, no, I think she's meant to be annoying the same way Gary is. Maybe, but I mean, Gary was bad enough. I don't need two Garys. So you just already had Gary. You were annoyed by it and didn't, didn't need her and, to. Yeah, and you know what? Like, I could laugh. Like, I love Doom Patrol. I could laugh at sentient nipples that hypnotize people and have demon eyes in them. Uh, you know, I I even, like, I've still, every every couple of days, I, I think of Constantine saying, that nipple that nipple belongs to hell now, mate. I I, <laughs> I still laugh at the the visual of the nipple crawling across the inching across the floor like an inchworm toward Gary. Right, shit's funny. Yeah, uh, niptizing or nipotizing, however they kept saying it, that was funny. Gary's annoying. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, it's, uh, for the same reason, I appreciated that one moment where he was holding court in the uh, time bureau. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they were, is this? Is this? A, did Gary get cool? I'm confused. That was played well. <laughs> yeah. And it actually did feel like, oh my God, this guy actually could be cool. They've they've unleashed a whole other side of this guy's personality. Oh crap! <laughs> right. Let me ask you something though. Do you you know you know things? Sure. Let's talk about things. <laughs> you you have approximate knowledge of of many things. Sure. Is 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 copay a real word in regards to some sort of werewolf cr- character or creature? Yeah. Yeah. That is, is that actually a, in the in the background, yeah. Is it because I just kept they, thinking they were reaching of like into some areas with uh, like when they said copay and and Baba Yaga, Baba Yaga or whatever. Uh, they were reaching into some areas where there's a podcast I like uh, named uh, I think it was Jason Eisner, uh, but it's myth and myths and legends, mm-hmm. which just goes back and does uh, modern like a modern retelling, just using modern verbiage of uh, old just ancient stories like Iliad and everything you know to and from and i swear i looked at the hallway of people they brought in for that first one like when they first like corralled all the oh here's all the freaks you know and threw them in a corner i was like oh somebody on the staff listens to myths and legends because mm-hmm. there have been mean, like four episodes of that podcast where it was talking about bobby yaga bobby yeah whatever a few about copay how, all that other how, stuff. how is bobby yaga i haven't seen john wick how is that 
I keep <laughs> saying people, John Wick. People keep saying Baba Yaga in reference to John Wick, and I have no idea what the hell they're talking about. I haven't seen John Wick. I want to see John Wick. I don't remember but, it in John Wick. I've seen the first one, and um, I mean, I was just bored one night and thought, eh, I want to watch some people shoot some shit. And it, it does fill that cavity for you. If you need to watch some people shoot some shit, watch a John Wick movie. But um, yeah, but, like Bobby Yaga is supposed to be some uh, Eastern folklore demon-like lady who kind of lives alone in a hut with these iron sharp teeth of you know that are of, of comical size and and she uh, kind of tricks people into uh, weird ominous uh wishes we'll call it and just for fun like apparently she gets around in a, a pestle and mortar like, uh-huh. like the, the thing you use to grind up medication oh okay that's what she flies around in is a pestle and mortar. It's, it's a weird character uh, yeah, let's see. Fascinating to hear the 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 stories ever, but hmm. I thought it was a fun shout out just to have seen her anywhere. But again, the only reason I even know about her was because that fucking podcast. So, and so, to see that and the word Kobe in the same context was like, yeah, somebody else has subscribed to this. Yeah, so I hated the Kobe thing. I it just well, it just sounded to me like someone was talking about insurance, you know. <laughs> 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 but. You know, and then this like uh, Mona keeps saying, "Oh, Konani, Konane," and she can't say it right the same way twice. You know, it's either Konani or Konane. I just it's so annoying. I get and, that uh, though. I mean, I say all kinds of words uh, on this podcast. I, all the time. I, I, I know it. It annoys me. It annoys <laughs> and it annoys you when you do it. I get it. I, I yeah, it does. At least it's universal. Um, it is. But you think you'd show mercy? <laughs> and then I'll tell you this much. I, you know, I, I didn't like her wolf character. I didn't like, and they kept calling her Wolfie. And then like, she was just, it looked so bad from a, whether they were doing practical or CGI, it just looked so bad. Um, yeah, just, I had nothing for Mona, man. Just, uh, none of that kind of awful. None of that hit me the wrong way. I was okay with all of that. I'm, I, I'm glad. Just didn't, just didn't sit wrong with me, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, it was just actively annoying to me the entire time. Mm. I didn't, you know, I didn't need, I, I really didn't need like uh, a shape of water over here with Mona and Cope. <laughs> <laughs> that, yeah, that did occur to me at some point. I mean, we've already kind of got it with Ray and Nora, right? Like, do we, do we really want to do that again? Okay. Yeah. Nah, I, I, I get, I get you there. Question. Uh, mm-hmm. Previous thing. But you remember the pit, the place, uh, the bar they show up at hmm. in, in, in hell? Not off the top of my head, not really, but oh, yeah, okay. It may not, you may not be able to help me here. But I literally, Sounds I looked at familiar. the pit and I, I just finished watching it, you know, previously. And so I saw the pit and I saw the, the scenery around it and I saw the way the room was framed. And some part of me thought, this looks like a dive bar version of Lux. <laughs> that wouldn't be surprising. I guess. Um, yeah, I can't. I can't place it in my head too well. Now that might be because like I've been where, so tired. When I've when I've actually gotten a chance to watch it, I've been so tired that it's been like, really hard for me to stay awake. Oh, I understand. I understand. But, a lot going on. But the the scene where and it was actually a pretty good scene where um the, the demons are I forget which demons it was some low levels are threatening to torture John and he's like oh yeah, yeah she, you can do that but um. You know, I do so remember that. Neron owns my soul, and and uh, the triumvirate may want to hear about that shit because they're supposed to own my soul, and I'm just saying you should probably take me to them and all that. So that all takes place in this bar. Okay. And what it reminded me of is living in Birmingham, um, 
we have we have a couple of really nice bars. Like like we have, we have some places where like you need to dress up before you go to these bars. Mm-hmm. The type and, of place that has a whole toilet. No, <laughs> two toilets. <laughs> oh, for real. Well. There are there are some for real genuine. Uh, be ready to spend some money on uh, twenty twenty dollars worth of you know an ounce and a half of alcohol kind of cocktails just because it looks good on your side as you're. Like we have some places like that, uh-huh. and that feels like Lux in my little hometown. And then okay. we have some other places, which are the places that I'm more familiar with, where the walls are being held up by the staples of bands past. Uh-huh. And that's what the pit felt like to me. Okay, sounds like the Nick. It's the Nick. That's exactly what. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's the one. Still love that place. Yeah, can't do it. I don't blame you. I can't either. I still mean, love it though. I don't love it. I mean, if I'm gonna step foot in that place, I'm getting paid to film something. No. Probably a band. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck knows in that place what you might get paid to film. Oh, the things I've seen. That sounds like a a, a conversation for Patreon. Yeah. <laughs> I'll try to remember that. Yeah, we'll see if that fits in there. We'll, we'll see if that gets cut and put out. We'll see. Oh, um. <laughs> I was I was touched by this scene, and it still cracked me up in another way. Ready? Uh huh. Um, the scene on the playground where she's getting to watch her younger self. Uh huh. And kind of like fitting in for once. Oh, with the dra- yeah, the with dragon. the dragon. Yeah. Yeah. And then the you know idiot with the app who's like, "It's a dragon. Take it. Away. It's a monster. Take it away." Right. I hate that shit. But mm-hmm. before, very touching when she's getting to watch herself actually fit in for a minute. That was awesome. But did you just use your last name as the beginning of awesome? Did no. You, it sounded no. like you said that's gossip. No, that, that would have been a, uh, no. No, I'm not allowed to use anything from my childhood as, as a reference point and invent the word gossip in the, in, the, in the middle of that. All right. But, you know, now, now I've opened that gateway, so we're going to have to start using that word. No, I need you to get a, a big set of chains and a lot of locks, put it on that gateway. Mm. And just retire that one. Nope, can't do it. All right, well, I tried. The um, I'm sorry, everyone. Yeah, I I was so probably sorry. the only one who thought this thing. <laughs> uh huh. I saw that dragon. It was really cute. It was in uh-huh. the last episode, and I thought, cute scaly Bebo. <laughs> I didn't think of that. No, but I see. I see what you're saying. You, you know see the it, reference. Yeah, well, yeah, I see the reference. I mean, you know what it looked like to me? It looked like uh, Toothless from the How to Train Your Dragon. Oh, yeah, it was definitely a How to Train Your Dragon reference. Yeah. I mean, I yeah, definitely where they were going with that. It was a cool scene. Oh, all right, speaking of speaking of cute, by the way. Uh-huh. Uh, a lot of the stuff with Hey World. Uh-huh. Was, I th- I, it was pretty adorable. Yeah, sure. Like, the fact that he's kept all of his, like, the relationship being so contentious, and we got to see that through the thing. So the reveal later when he was, kept all the stuff and he just wanted to rebuild all the stuff his son had dreamt of later that was a really cool part of the season for me yeah i really enjoyed that i enjoyed it also actually paying off later Mm -hmm. that they needed like this little you know kind of a children's theater-ish place but i really enjoyed the 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 turn because i I didn't actually expect it. i thought they were going to retire that series a little bit but i i enjoyed or i thought they were going to retire the story between him and his dad Uh differently but when when they did the thing where he's got the children's drawings, I got I got a little I got a little choked up about it. That was that was pretty cute. Yeah, you know I I I had a hard time with all that because like you know I think I felt like I wanted him and his dad to reconcile, 
And by the way, I think my I, one of my favorite bits with both of them was like the whole smoking the bandit episode where they're mm-hmm. just in the, in the cop car running around after. Yeah, yeah, that was fun. <laughs> after the team. Yeah, I wanted them to reconcile, and then Hank gets killed, and his ghost is still hanging around. And all of a sudden, it's like, oh, he wasn't up to all this nefarious shit. He was building this. And that was so stupid to me that it almost ruined it. But by the time that we have, you know, Nate colossusing out and stopping that wrecking ball, and then especially when Nate dies and he and his dad have... That little have conversation on the rafters there? The little conversation on the rafters. Yeah. I was right where you were, like, getting it choked up. Off. Yeah. It did. Like, and I wasn't even, to be fair, and to be perfectly clear, I wasn't really that annoyed. It's Legends. Like, I know what I'm getting into <laughs> with Legends. Yeah, I understand. Um, so. And you know what got me in the in the last scene? I I, uh, I got a little annoyed with myself because they, they did the scene well. Mm-hmm. And I, I forget which, I think it's a James Taylor song. I forget which one it is. Pretty sure I'd listen to it coming back from New Orleans because my wife plays the... 60s, 70s singer-songwriter stuff a lot. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you know, usually 40% on board and, eh, I don't know, 50-50 maybe. Yeah. About four or five Jim Croce songs in. I'm like, okay, we can find somewhere else to be right now. But <laughs> the, uh, I, I kind of wish the James Taylor didn't get to me as much as it did, but it kind of did. I, I, I got a little choked up. It was a good scene. Yep. That was a fantastic uh, song. Uh, or a, a great, I mean, it is a fantastic song. Uh, Sweet Baby James mm-hmm. is the song. Um, yeah, I got a little, I got a little choked up and was mm-hmm. singing along. Yeah, I know. I love James Taylor though. It's weird. I love him for like six minutes at a time. <laughs> you got about two songs in you. I've got about two <laughs> songs in me, and then I want to bounce to something else. And then if you give me a few hours and come back, I'm like, oh, God damn, that's a great song. I, and I, will... I can really delve into it and get into it. And then I need to go hear like, I don't know, anything, White Stripes or something. Well, you know, there, there are a couple different versions of, or two or three different versions of James Taylor. And I don't want to get too deep into it, but you, you got kind of your, you know, poppy uh, 70s James Taylor. Then you have your, the James Taylor you think about where it's like, you know, uh, slow rock where strumming an acoustic and singing about frost on a pumpkin mm-hmm. but then you've also got like oh shit this is a live recording and he's doing some deep hometown blues type of shit and uh you know some steamroller blues you know and i, I could do all of that yeah i, I, I don't could blame do you. all of it but I blame you know I, I i usually have to be in a mood for james taylor though and but if I'm just tooling around on the radio or, or you know, my Spotify just is kind of grabbing something to throw throw into a mix and I, oh, okay, cool. I can also listen to one song and be perfectly happy. I understand. It's just, I do have to be in a certain mood for it. And that mood has to catch me off a surprise because I won't be the one to turn on James Taylor. Mm-hmm. But I'll find myself being able to dig in and appreciate it for a minute and then I lose traction. Yeah. Like when I'm in a mood that's similar to that and I want to hear something like that, I it like for me it's transmuted into like I'll put on Radiohead or something. Mm. It just See? it comes up in different places for me. Yeah, I I usually I'm go listen to like Pinback or uh, Portishead or uh, Stereolab or something like it. have got all kinds of other bands that fill that gap for me. It is a it is a rare day that I will put on Radiohead. It, it's a rare one for me too. I just don't get there emotionally, you know, as, at this age as much as I used to. But I've, I've got a host of people and bands that fill that gap for me i just it didn't have as much training in james taylor yeah well I, I haven't had marijuana in quite some time 
So mm. the the radio head is just, I, I think it's lost to me. See, to me, it's the other way around. I'd have to have some marijuana to really dig into some James Taylor like I want to. Oh, I mean, Like, I didn't sure. think I'd love, uh, <laughs> you know, Neil Young and uh, Stills Nash and the rest of the gang as much as I, I did. And then uh, somewhere in the mid to late 2000s, smoked a lot of weed and listened to them, and they're fantastic. Well, see, I mean, yeah, I, I'm sure I did that too. But, you know, all those guys are things I can listen to now, you know, and then and still be like, yep. This is some this is some chill shit right here, and then, but then like the Radiohead just I don't connect to it because I'm like I feel like I should be like tripping balls listening to the 20 minutes lead up to a single word stretched out over the course of 30 seconds. Yeah, I get it. it you know the weird part though is like the the parts of that that you're talking about are the parts that in high school when I was completely sober uh, I could completely get my head around, <laughs> <laughs> and now the simpler things. I feel like I would need some assistance with. We're a strange pair, you and yeah. I. Yeah, it's all about what you're exposed to at a time. You know, what, what's your environment? What are you exposed to? How do you feel about it? It's all it, music's so particular. What what do you mm. get enamored with, and what just doesn't hit you? Yeah, which I, I mean, I like Radiohead. I just it's it's just rare that I actually sit down for anything other than a single. Mm-hmm. Anyway, gotta stop talking about music now. But yeah, that 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 James Taylor that 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 hit me in a way that I was. I was just so damn pleased that they were doing it. And, you know, the the fact that uh, Nate and his dad love Billy Joel. What yeah. the hell, man? Yeah. I know you don't like Billy Joel. I, I know, love I, Billy I know, Joel. I know it's a strong chord. And, unless it's uh, <laughs> a song about Vienna or whatever. Um, right. I'm, I'm, I can do without. But what is that song? Vienna Waits for You. There you go. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Love that song. Rest of it, I'm lukewarm. Um, I got three questions for you. All right. All right, one statement and two questions. One. Oh, okay. Um, Less mine, interested. Bear with me. <laughs> one, I wrote Weird Vandal Savage cameo in my notes. Right. And just for fun, it looks like I wrote, because my handwriting's terrible, Weird Vandal Sausage cameo. Mm-hmm. I, I just, it took me, out of context, it took me a good 10 seconds to figure out that I hadn't written the word sausage, because I was trying to figure out what happened. Mm-hmm. And I now I want to make that comedy video. I know. I, I want to make that commercial. I mean, it probably has something to do with the fact that he hisses all of his S's, and that would be spitting hot iron skillet grease on everyone. <laughs> I built that in somehow. Yeah. Um, two. So it seems like for the next season, which is apparently a thing, um, mm-hmm. I think they're going to lean into the uprising of some kind. Okay. But it, there was a mention in there of like everyone deserves a second act. Um, hmm. You think that was a reference to Constantine's second season? No, that that's a that's a solid point. But at the same time, uh, she was kind of fucking around with a bunch of soul coins that are big players. Mm-hmm. So I, I think there's a chance to me, as I mentioned before, that we're going to go into an uprising that's led by Astra's actions uh-huh. in this finale, which would be pretty awesome because. That would tie in season one of Constantine in a pretty big way. I mean, they left a good five or six things on the table that I Mm -hmm. would love to have revisited, but that's one of them. That's for sure one of them that I wanted to see happen, and that's really two of them tying in each other. So I'd love to see that come in, and they almost left it in a way where Astra's a powerful enough character that maybe she's got a way that she's going to angle herself in charge of this uprising, like she'll be a new Neron. Mm Mm-hmm. That she's some usurper to the throne of of hell and the you know 
triumvirate has to scare, be be afraid of her now and all that. Yeah. I don't know if I think they're going in either any of those directions, but I mean, I guess were you curious about either of those, and are you excited about either of those? Um, no and no, I think. Good like talk. if I know, right? <laughs> I think <laughs> I would. I would love to see season five at the very least feature a trial of John Constantine. I would love to see Chaz and and what was it Zed from mm-hmm. the uh, from from the original series back. And yeah, if they wanted to do a uh, you know. Uh, the rising darkness i dude i want to see uh i want to see his buddy his angel buddy who betrayed him yeah um i want to see all of that on top of you know fixing zari because i really want her back on the show the, the way i know her um yeah i don't want to get to know a new one of her right now yeah we've done a lot either. of that on this show yeah um i am much more interested in if they are going to take out a character i wish they would kill them and we could just gain people. Like, I don't like this idea of let's get rid of a character and then change the actor into something else or, hey, let's have a different version of the character um, unless they're willing to go alternate universes. Now, that would make more sense to me since we're going into Crisis on Infinite Earths. See, I think there's a chance that that's what they did was they killed somebody and it made it made it really work in season one uh-huh. with Captain Cold. And then got to eat their cake, too, by getting kind of citizen cold. For a minute, yeah. And thought, well, that went over so well. What if we could just kind of rewrite people? Because we have a time, you know, a time-traveling spaceship. We can do whatever. Mm-hmm. There's a chance that it's gotten in it, it's gotten in their blood too much. That Maybe. You keep thinking, like, well, we can just rewrite this character this way this season. And also look at what they're doing and on other shows. Um you know, look at Tom Cavanaugh. They just mm-hmm. decide how to do him every season. And we keep being into it because we keep liking Tom Cavanaugh, but we keep having less and more or less favorite versions of these characters. Yeah. I mean, the, uh, I mean, I don't know, but so I, I get why they think it's something they could be doing, but you do have to have stakes. Yeah. I, I would say I don't want Astra to be the big bad for next season because I did not like the actress. Um, I'm fine with her being the catalyst for it, but I I just don't want to deal with her all season. Yeah, I mean, it could have just been her throwing the throwing everything at the wall and just seeing what happens because she can escape or mm-hmm. rule a different part of Hill or whatever whatever she's got planned. I do think you're going to see more of her, though. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure we'll see more of her. I tell you who annoyed me this season, Ava. Really? Yeah, when Ava just started being like a total, you know, total B to Sarah... And being like, you know, you didn't have my back. I'm like, yeah, it's Sarah. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's the exact thing. That's the exact reason you shouldn't be mad at Ava for that is because. No, but but Sarah's always right, though. Like, especially in that situation, she's like, no, dude, Hank is doing this shit. And then Ava's like, no, we have to keep him doing it. Like, people are being like, essentially, as far as they knew, these creatures were being tortured and put into slavery. And Ava didn't care because Time Bureau. Right. Like, I just, I didn't, like, it didn't feel natural to the character. It felt like an unnecessary uh, obstacle to throw in, in their way. I was, however, quite happy with her version of Purgatory or whatever, that being the Ikea store. The Ikea store, yeah. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, that was nice. They actually made um, some really good metaphor out of that Ikea store. Yeah, and you know, with that, 
them doing that and then them having the uh the jenga thing in hell it just reminded me it, it reminded me of angel when they were like oh Lindsay's in hell we're gonna have to go get him out of hell to get our answers be prepared for the worst possible thing ever and then it's just suburbs yeah <laughs> you remember that like, yeah i do it's just the suburbs he has to do the same shit every day he's got a wife couple kids <laughs> of course at four o'clock every day he has to go into the basement to get his heart torn out but but other than that it's other than that the grind. it's just kind of yeah it also <laughs> reminds me though your favorite one of your favorite episodes of angel and your introduction to the series was happy time small time small time is that it that's right okay. yeah um a show which revolved around the idea that angel was turned into a puppet yeah you're a bloody puppet you're a wee puppet man yeah yeah, that was fantastic too. So I mean, it's it's clearly not that you're not um you're you're not incapable of having a a, a large interest. I mean, that was a five season show that you went back and rewatched it vigorously. Yes, because you were so interested in that episode. Oh, don't don't shortchange it, man. I went back and watched all of Buffy from the beginning. So I watched twelve seasons of TV because I was so into that episode, so enamored by by that introduction. So clearly a bit, a, a bit of wacky is not going to run you off. Also, we just oh, did a review not. of Doom Patrol where we were uh, just pouring over it. And I believe I said in that Doom Patrol review, I love the fact that this that Doom Patrol just said, screw it, we're going full Angel Season 5 right you out did. of the gate. You did. That you did. Yeah, you know. <laughs> um, There's yeah, some so bona in there. There, there is stuff I really loved about the season of oh, Legends. Uh, one quick line that I loved. Nate okay. saying something along the lines of like, we should have done a crossover. Uh-huh. After they were the show that wasn't in the crossover this year. Yep. That was a lot of fun. I like that little shout out. Also, um, I I think the costumes they were using when they were doing the Flash and Supergirl and Arrow stuff, I I, I genuinely think they borrowed those costumes. Didn't have them fit. And oh, yeah. I, I think they borrowed other people's costumes and put them on. Oh, I, I guarantee it. I don't think they like made a costume that was supposed to misfit Gary. I think they just borrowed Barry's old costume from season four and said, here you go. And he yeah. slapped it on. And apparently Grant Gustin is in way better shape than whoever plays Gary. Mm-hmm. But give him Nate and, and uh, uh, what was it? Uh, Katie Lotz. Okay. Get Nate. Yeah. Give Nate and Sarah credit. They filled out those costumes. Yes, they did. How much did you love when Nate got carried away and kissed Ray? <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty funny man <laughs> it was so awkward <laughs> everyone had a moment where like we don't have to make a big it was like the broom said we don't have to make a big deal with that <laughs> they got a little carried away it's okay <laughs> oh shit yeah there's there's so much I enjoy about this show. Like I even even with Mona being there, I love that they were all like trying to help Zari figure out how to like text Nate, and they're like showing her emojis of of zucchinis and shit and, and eggplants and yeah. I don't know. All of that was it was it was real dumb, but it was funny. Yeah, I even liked the book club situation. I wasn't totally into that. It was it was th- kind of cute, but it was it was okay. The one thing I really liked about it was uh, Sarah actually reads the book. <laughs> yeah she's the only one that actually probably did it yeah i liked it had a it had a fun pull line later where it's it's uh nora and um mona and book club forever okay that's that's cute mm-hmm. some some bonding on the show that's always good oh um uh, 
the most believable, unbelievable moment on the season for me. Yeah. Was the idea that there would be somewhere in the UA, EULA for an app, something that binds your soul to hell. Oh, that was great. Completely believable. I might have done it for all I know. <laughs> Microsoft now, may own my soul. Right. Now, if that, you know, luckily, all that really means is that you're going to go to Gotham City when you die. <laughs> Apparently. But you have to enter via dumpster. That's true. There's going to be like a big flaming circle, a big flaming portal that really is false advertising. Yeah. You might get a little singed on the way down, but after you get through that portal, it falls in the dumpster. If you make it through the dumpster good. and get out and just head down the street a few blocks, there's the like a speakeasy. On the left, you're going to be in good shape. <laughs> there's there's a wine loft and a speakeasy. You'll be yeah. fine. Yeah. Um, it's right next to the Pizza Hut, which do not eat at that Pizza Hut. Actually, yeah. I would I would also, suggest that of any pizza place hut. to eat, <laughs> but do not eat at that pizza hut. That's not true. You know, there's a couple of crystals in there <laughs> across the street from each other. Where every single time you walk in, you eat it. Your stomach's upset. You mm-hmm. go to a shitty bathroom and destroy yourself. Walk out starving, famished, and ready to die. Cross the street, hoping for other prospects and see another crystals. Right, and the process continues. If you walk a few miles down the road, there's a Starbucks, but mm-hmm. it only has an old scone. Yeah. <laughs> one old scone, and no one ever spells your name correctly on the cup. Right. Now, I don't know. Those scones at Starbucks aren't good when they're fresh. So. <laughs> that depends. <laughs> a lot of variables around that one, my son. A lot of variables. <laughs> do, you, do you have anything else for this episode? Or for this series, this show, this season, this whatever? Season. Our season, in a way, as comes the end of May, and the reviews wrap up, and then we get to go back to the normal stuff, like news and animated reviews. But no, I've got nothing. All right. Oh, I was wrong. What the fuck was the monitor up to? It, it appears that he was watching the show and eating popcorn. He seemed displeased. <laughs> he did. He seemed displeased, and then once the show really once, kicked in... Once Nate was back and all that, he seemed more into it. Yeah. I don't he was know eating popcorn. Um, I... I I am going to go out on a limb and say it means that they didn't have anything really cool for him to do, but they it at least gives us a reason for why the Legends will be there because they they will certainly be a part of the crisis on Infinite Earths. Oh, for sure. But and I like to pair it with the line earlier in the episode where he says we should have done a crossover. Right. And then they show you the monitor like, yeah, we're going to, this is going to be included next year. Sorry, guys. But, you know, we... We've had this this through line where the Monitor has been scouting these superheroes to see who could actually stand up to the uh, the oncoming threat, who I assume is the anti-Monitor. Might not be, but um, yeah, I, th- I think that's probably it's a great a, assumption. A, it's a good probability, at least. Yeah. And uh, it wouldn't make a lot of sense. Like they, they don't, There's not much connective tissue there so far. Uh, there's not really anything for the Monitor to do. So I assume they had him come in, sneer, like as if like, nope, these guys won't do. And then they he saw the show, he saw the floor show, and he went, oh, well, that's okay, maybe. <laughs> you think this was their audition to get back into the? Uh, I think this was their comedic justification for the ledges being a part of something they shouldn't have anything to do with, <laughs> <laughs> or that the feedback probably told them. Last year, dude, you the legends have always been part of the crossover. Why would the legends not be part of the crossover? Yeah. And I, I think they got some feedback along those lines this year. Probably. 
by that I mean I saw a lot of feedback saying what the fuck how could you um mm-hmm. that's yeah I like that take I I don't I didn't know what to make of it because he he seemed like he was just this uh, looking on disinterestedly and then was then there was a shot of him looking on approvingly and I I don't I I don't know they Your were take mim- makes as much sense as anything else. They were mimicking my reaction for the series as a whole. Mm-hmm. It's like, why should eh, I care? This is this oh, is awful. That's this enough. Is, this is sneer-worthy. And then you know, by like season three, I'm like, this is kind of delightful. Chomp, chomp, chomp. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's it. You imagine how great this show would have been if they were as crazy as they are now, but Snart was still involved. Oh God, yeah. Or, you know, Rip. I don't think he would have held him back at all. Yeah. Though I really love I love how Mick Rory has, has grown without Snart. Oh, yeah. No, that's that's true. And, like, his progress as a character over the Arrowverse in general is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. He might be the, uh... Oh, what's his name? Man, I'm having trouble with names tonight. Uh... Demon Hunter from Angel. Wesley. Wesley. He might be the Wesley of this series. As far as the, the deepest, most meaningful story arc over the course of the Arrowverse. Maybe. In some ways, possibly, yeah. He's definitely changed a ton from, I mean, just a, a thug, a couple of bad one-liners to someone we deeply care about, especially in the last few episodes. Mm-hmm. Oh, I mean, I've cared about him for a few seasons now. Yeah. But to see him at this point be like a, to see him be, be able to embrace his role as a writer, <laughs> it was, that was great. <laughs> that was fucking great, man. Yeah. All right. I think I'm out. You good? Yeah, I'm good. Yeah, if we if we forgot something, you want to know what we thought about something that we didn't bring up, please by all means ask us. DC on screen at gmail dot com, uh, at DC on screen over on Twitter. We've got a Facebook group. Uh, type in DC on screen group, you will find us. We are there. Mm-hmm. All right, I don't know where we're coming to next. What we're doing, but um, thank you for News, listening. Lucifer, Swamp Thing. I don't know. Things are coming. Some stuff's coming. So we have, oh, uh, thank you to everyone who's listening. That's what I was going to say. And I was also going to say thank you to our patrons who help make this show possible. Yes. And um, if you want to become a patron, the $5 tier will get you uh, some interesting new content, content that is not in the regular feed, things like Jason's pull list where Jason talks about comic books he's reading. And it's a damn fine show if I do say so myself. And I can say that because I'm not making it, so it doesn't seem conceited. Mm. And you're just putting that juju on me. And that's right. You agreed. That means you're a conceited bastard. Uh, I accept the premise. <laughs> and um, yeah, what were we talking about? Oh yeah, no other stuff on the Patreon. Other Patreon. We do Marvel reviews. Sidebars. I don't. Do we have a thing called sidebars? I didn't think yeah. we had a thing. We have a chasing squirrels. Yeah, which is sort of a sidebar. It's more of a yeah. tangential situation. That's and uh, way too distracted to justify putting it in a normal episode. Mm-hmm. Which we have traditionally just put in a normal episode, but no mm-hmm. longer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, now it has been quarantined. Now it's been quarantined. To our feed. To torture those poor souls. Mm-hmm. It's poor, lovely, lovely souls. Five dollars a month gets you some torment. I don't. We'll play Jenga with Vandal Savage and you, <laughs> Chiara. Anyway, I'm I'm going away now. I wanted him to say that just so you could. I did too. Just so you could be pissed at it one more time. I did too. In a little in a way, 
I did enjoy his, like, yeah, how he was explaining, oh, yeah, we used to be an arch nemesis. Uh, it was mostly a girl thing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my he does God. sum up his so entire stupid. story arc pretty well and he shrugs does. it off. Like, yeah, I mean, you know, we all have, we all have our shit, you know. We're all past it. It's fine. But, yeah, <laughs> until next time, keep some DC on your screen, y'all. I'm so tired. <laughs> we'll be back for fucking everything. All the stuff yeah. I mentioned. Yeah, at some point, yeah. In due time. All right, DC on your screen. Bleh. 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 Mm. 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 Come on. Yeah. You always have to have the last grunt. I will stop recording. Our opening narration was from Dan Jurgens' The History of the DC Universe, Part 3 of 10, as featured in DC 52, Week 4. It was performed by me, David C. Robertson. Intro music by Jason Goss and Michael Shackelford. Michael's band, Future Elevators, could be found on Spotify or future-elevators.com. Our introduction was performed by Effie Ophelders of the fantastic podcast Stealing the Remote, which lives on SoundCloud. It can also be found on iTunes and Stitcher. We are proudly in partnership with TV Time. TV show calendar and social media site that lets you keep track of what you're watching, what your friends are watching, and where you all left off. DC On Screen is a maladjusted production. Visit maladjusted.tv for more from me and Jason, including sketch comedy, an improvised web series, vlogs, parodies, and more. Better Banking is getting an unbelievable 0.99% APR rate on a home equity line of credit from First Commonwealth Bank to turn your bathroom into your, wow, I love this bathroom, bathroom. 0.99% introductory APR for six months that adjusts to a variable rate based on Wall Street Journal prime rate plus or minus a margin with a minimum rate of 2.99% and a maximum rate of 18%. Offer subject to change or withdrawal at any time. Call 1-800-711-2265 for details about credit costs and terms. Equal housing lender, First Commonwealth Bank, member FDIC. Me, 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 but also you. <laughs> the Pharaoh fast forwards his favorite foreign film. Powder donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the name and price tool from Progressive. Oh man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The name your price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law. Better Banking is getting an unbelievable 0.99% APR rate on a home equity line of credit from First Commonwealth Bank to turn your bathroom into your, wow, I love this bathroom, bathroom. 0.99% introductory APR for six months that adjusts to a variable rate based on Wall Street Journal prime rate plus or minus a margin with a minimum rate of 2.99% and a maximum rate of 18%. Offer subject to change or withdrawal at any time. Call 1-800-711-2265 for details about credit costs and terms. Equal housing lender, First Commonwealth Bank, member FDIC. Ladies and gentlemen, today's opponents on Man vs. Train. At the crossing, we have Rick, a 175-pound frustrated man who's running late for work. And on the tracks, we have Bull, a million-pound freight train that takes a mile to stop. Let's see who comes out on top. You can't beat a train, so don't try. Stop. Trains can't. Paid for by NHTSA.